0: Welcome to Parallax by Anka Kalra, a podcast produced by Radcliffe Cardiology to bring you a new angle of all things cardiology and the best from the US Cardiology Review. Published every second Monday, Anka Kalra, MD, interventional cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, USA, speaks with legendary cardiologists, reviews late-breaking trials, and interviews authors of our latest and best US cardiology review articles. We call them Hashtag Audio Articles. Parallax is the effect whereby the position or direction of an object appears to differ when viewed from different positions. So this podcast is your fix of reliable uptakes on all things cardiology by someone from a non-traditional background who is always looking at the industry from a new angle.
1: Now, here's your host,
0: Ankur Kalra, MD.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Ankur um, Kalra, uh, and I have on the show with me a very special guest today. Uh, These are unprecedented times, as all of us know. We're in the midst of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And um, I have um, with me Dr. Gogus, uh, Bill Gogus, we call him Bill. He is the deputy editor of U.S. Cardiology Review. He's uh, currently based in China. He has actually been in China for a while. Uh, He's an interventional cardiologist at uh, um, correct me if this was the wrong pronunciation, Bill Nanjing first hospital, um, as, as right. I, read. and, um, he's actually, um, you know, quote unquote, an outbreak survivor. Um, um, but, uh, I would say geographically a little far away from where the epicenter was in Wuhan in China. Um, uh, but he's a, he's an interventional cardiologist and he has been in the thick of action in China where uh, this has uh, unfolded um, and unfortunately has now taken the world by storm. Um, so um, i'm I'm sure the uh, listenership and the audience want to hear more from you, Bill, than from me, um as u s. is just uh, starting to grapple with um, with the pandemic situation here, um, you know in in the state of ohio, which which I think it has been at the forefront of dealing with this epidemic. Um, with uh, Governor DeWine actually announcing closing of bars and restaurants uh, as of 9 p.m. yesterday, which was a Sunday. So thanks again, Bill, for joining us. And um, we can't wait to hear more from you. Well, Ankur, it's
2: a great pleasure uh, to be with you. I'm so glad I'm in your show. And indeed, yeah, the situation now, I'm following the situation in Europe and also in the U.S., you know, it looks like now this has been spread out and uh, it's very important, you know, to take measures, protective measures up front uh, in order, you know, to, to have very fast results because if we leave this, uh, go away, if we're not very careful from the beginning, this will have devastated consequences, not, 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 not only in the healthcare, but also in the whole society. And also, I'm mentioning also the financial repercussions of you know this pandemic will be devastating after two or three months. Yes,
1: um, you know, I'm, I'm. One can only fathom uh, the consequences from an economic or a financial standpoint, but also, you know, consequences from just the sheer number of people that have lost their lives and and you know the families affected. Um, you know, I. To the best of my knowledge, I haven't seen anything of this magnitude um, in in the 37 plus a few months years of my existence. Um, you're right, um, so am I. That was yes. the first time, Yeah. Um, so it's 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 an art for uh, for a lot of us actually. Um, I apologize. I touched my face there. You, you're not supposed to touch your face, right? That's the that's the recommendation <laughs> from the uh,
2: Centers for Disease Control. Uh, right. There are, there are new things we learn. The new things that we we'll learn, you know, and uh, you know this. You know, no one was expecting that, and you know, we know we're reading books, we we're watching movies, but you know, this became reality. And, uh, you know, I'm really impressed by, by, you know, by what I've seen uh, here in the place that I'm working. And uh, I'm really impressed by how serious the whole situation was taken by the local authorities, but also how fast, you know, the local authorities moved in order, in order to contain, uh, you know, this virus. Of course, as you know, I'm based in a city which is about 400 kilometers away from the epicenter. And imagine this is a distance between Atlanta and North Carolina. And I have to tell you, anchor that now it's mid-March and since the outbreak, of course, later on, it was named as pandemic. In this city that it has 8 million people, only 93 people were infected. And out of those 93 people, all these uh, all these patients were successfully treated. There was no death. You know this is miraculous. This is uh, this this you know explains the fact of how seriously uh, you know all these protective measures were taken. Number one, how obedient you know the citizens were to follow the instructions by the local authorities, and uh, also how the system moved so fast in order to contain. Uh, you know, this uh, devastating clinical entity, the coronavirus. So, uh, thank you for bringing that up. So, walk us through this,
1: because uh, um, I think the initial reports that started coming out of China, out of Wuhan, were, I think, in, in December of 2019, when... To be honest,
2: you know, this uh, the time I was hearing the news, I was not here. You know, I was uh, for New Year's celebrations outside East Asia. So I was hearing the news and uh, of course everyone was scared. And I was scared. I mean, I was thinking, oh my God, what's going on now? You know, when you know when you don't have experience in certain things and you're exposed in things that you don't know, you know, you are scared. You know, twice or more because you don't know how to handle the situation. It's a new situation that you have no idea how to handle. Anyway, you know, I landed in the capital and it was the first time that when we landed, you know, I stayed within the airport for about 15 minutes because, you know, uh, regulators gave us papers to, uh, to, uh, to notify them if we have any flu-like symptoms and also if you have previously traveled to the epicenter. You know, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying this in order to mention how how seriously every step of this procedure worked like a very well oiled machine. So 50 minutes within the aircraft, this happened to me the first time. And of course, an aircraft that has, you know, a capacity of 250 people who we were only 65. Of course, and then in the airport, you know, it was me and the other 64 passengers. It took me five minutes to go through the immigration, uh, you know, clearance. And then, of course, coming home, for about 35 minutes in the street it was just me, no one else. This speaks to the fact that, you know, when there was instruction of stay indoors, you know, citizens stayed indoors. And this taken very seriously since the early beginning. Of course, you know, later on, this time at the end of at the end of uh, this was basically at mid January, so as we know mid January is the Chinese new year, so it was the week that it was the week off, and as you know, during this time, uh, millions of citizens are traveling, and uh, this was completely cancelled, so travelling was cancelled that was that it was a very, a very great uh, protective measure in order to not disseminate and in order to stop the spread. Now, there were ma- many protective measures, and uh, I was really impressed also by, by uh, the care that the authorities showed to the physicians, uh, very protective equipment, the so-called PPE uh, instructions, uh, uh, drills, and uh, actual handling of situations. And also there was no, in my opinion, as I saw the situation, there was no calculation of any cost of what this will cost to the local economy. So all the resources became available in order to contain this devastating pandemic. This was amazing. This was impressive to me. And I think this speaks to the fact that we think 35 days, as you saw, Angular started in January, and in February sixteen, the exponential growth of the curve sharply declined. And since February fifteen, until you know, until March, in March that we are now, uh, basically there are no other uh, cases outside the epicenter, but also within the epicenter, there are a small number of cases, maybe less than ten. So this speaks to the fact that, you know, all the systems work very fast and very efficiently. And I think, you know, I believe that uh, East Asia, you know, had a similar experience with SARS. Mm-hmm. And I think they have taken those lessons from this era, the era of the SARS. Uh, something that, of course, uh, in Europe is just uh, not been taken, you know. Uh, very seriously, as you know, I was born in Greece, and also now Greece is in a very bad situation. Of course, Greece has very small amount of resources; it doesn't have, you know, the economy of countries like the U.S. or North Europe. And we think this situation is even harder you now to contain a pandemic that will cost such a tremendous amount of money in the local economy, which basically. You know these funds do not exist. The the spike that the exponential growth that was going up until uh, mid February, uh, it had a sharp sharp decline at February tenth fifteen, and after this time, you know everything was going better and better until mid March that we are doing now, and things you know are even better. Thank you for walking us through um, the various steps.
1: Which were undertaken, uh, you know, at a societal level, from a policy level, and also uh, from the execution standpoint, you know, by by local authorities. As a as a cardiologist, as an interventional cardiologist, walk us through, um, you know, what happened in the in the past two months, uh, you know, with your scheduling, with the ability to see patients in clinic, with the ability to perform procedures in the cath lab, and you know, like you just brought up uh, the issue of. personal protective equipment, which is PPE, which is an abbreviation that is being uh, thrown out right. in all the emails and yeah, yeah. The tweets right. and, and also on the news. Um, if you can just because, you know, I think there is a lot to be learned from your experience in China. Um, and um, I think it's is going to is, is something that we're going to see here in the U.S. Uh, very shortly uh, as we are on the upswing of the curve, uh, if you may. Uh, right, so yeah. walk, walk us through um, what happened in, in your practice of uh, seeing patients, evaluating patients, you know,
2: canceling clinics. I believe as a first step is important, uh, you know, the hospital to, uh, to help the, the elective cases. You know, elective cases, you know, imagine that someone comes, let's not talk about cardiology. Let's talk about someone comes with, you know, an abdominal pain. And, uh, and you know he's coming with another four or five people with his family you know you check him he's corona negative but what about his family and the people that he brings in the hospital you know and uh, of course elective cases in my view should be cancelled immediately and there should be measures To only serve the emergency situation. For example, emergency situation in our uh, specialty is the STEMI and the dissection. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I believe also, I haven't seen it here, but this is what I was proposing to some of my colleagues in Greece that those specialties, like, you know, dermatology, psychiatry, those words need to be converted in special words that can accommodate ventilators. So you need to increase the capacity of the healthcare facility in order to support patients who are infected for the COVID-19. You know, all the resources should be driven toward this, uh, this effort and, of course, to serve some emergency situations. Now, as you know, the the it's important in our, it's important also to uh, to 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 discriminate the healthcare facilities uh, in facilities who can serve uh, patients who are COVID nineteen negative and those who are COVID nineteen positive. So there should be hospitals that should be the hospital hub hospitals. These hospitals can treat only patients who are who are who are corona, who are coronavirus who are coronavirus positive so for example if a patient comes to the emergency of course you will need to uh, to uh, first of all you need to see if it if it is a situation that needs to be immediately taken care of, or you know he needs he needs to go because the more you stay within the hospital you increase your chances if you're negative you become positive so as long as a patient you know is an emergency situation you have to ask some clinical questions for example if he had fever, if he was coughing, if he had dyspnea, shortness of breath, or if he had immediate contact with someone who was positive. Mm -hmm. These are some clinical questions. Mm -hmm. Then, as you know, Ankur, there are data that are showing that the PCR, then to detect the nucleic acid of the virus, is less sensitive than the CT scan, the chest CT scan. So, and this happens, because maybe the viral load at the time that you do the test is too small. This mm-hmm. happens also because the the nasopharyngeal swab that you know the, the, the certified registered NAS is taking maybe is not taken very properly. And also it depends on the technology. You know there are different technologies now. I hear that you know there is a, a, a consistent uh, CDC based coronavirus testing but uh, i'm not sure you know if other vendors also supply uh, you know the, the coronavirus testing so it depends also on the technology and it has been shown that early signs of the, of the opacities, of the ground-glass opacity that we're seeing in the lungs, which of course are not specific for the COVID-19. We can see it also in other, uh, in other diseases of the lung. Uh, we are showing very early, earlier also than the, than the PCR. And also, as a matter of fact, the PCR takes about three to six hours. Well, the chest CT that can be done also with a portable CT scan, it extends to 20 minutes. So there's a very, very, very big difference. And, um, of course, you know, as long as the the patient is uh, is, is positive, of course, he needs to be referred to uh, a hospital that is responsible to handle positive COVID-19 positive patients. And this hospital is equipped has trained has trained the staff, the physician, the nurses, how, you know, the PPE, in order to, to wear the PPE, it's not an easy thing, but also to take out the PPE is not an easy thing. You need to be trained. And also you need to have, you know, a lab room with a negative pressure. This is, uh, this is uh, very important. Then you need to disinfect. You know, there are many things, of course, that need to be uh, taken care. And then the patient needs to go to a CCU but also, specifically for COVID 19, COVID 19, you know, uh, positive patients. And also, the staff of the CCU should be also take care of with specific precautions uh, these, these uh, patients. So, number one, to summarize, number one, we need to uh, see only emergency uh, cardiovascular situations like uh, STEMI and uh, dissections standing for primaries and dissections for uh, CD surgery. Uh, we need to uh, divide the hospitals in hospitals that can treat COVID-19 positive patients and also hospitals uh, can treat uh, COVID-19 negative patients. And also thousands now of uh, patients and many doctors have been infected. Some have died. The same happened also in East Asia. (laughs) It's very important, you know, to protect uh, the nurses and the doctors, who you know are the first line responders and have you know the first impact of this of the emergency.
1: So I think um, I lost I lost you some, somewhere in between there, uh, but we're back now. So just um, for the sake of summarizing and also repetition, because this is all new to all of us, you are recommending. Training for cath uh, lab personnel, and also training for intensive care unit nurses and doctors, um, who are taking care of acute cardiac care patients, um, with regard to using uh, personal protective equipment. Because you know, like you said, it requires training to put that equipment on, and then it also requires training to take that equipment off. You have to do it in a secure, safe fashion. So that's one take home. The second take home, obviously, is dedicating a negative pressure room for you to be able to do cases in the CAT lab. Because, you know, CAT lab cases, typically cases that we do, either structural, heart, or coronary cases that we do on a day to day basis, are done in positive pressure rooms. They're not negative pressure rooms. Um, I believe N95 or N100 respiratory masks for everyone. Uh, Right. This is
2: coming together with with a PPE. Mm -hmm. You know, every PPE should have also N95 masks, Mm -hmm. double gloves, and protective glasses. It's very very important. Very important.
1: Okay, so those are, those are, again, very important points. Uh, So the N95 masks, protective eyewear, and, um, you know, like you said, gowns. Correct. And then, Are healthcare professionals taking any profile access uh, before getting in active contact with these patients? Because, you know, obviously we're at the front line. So was there any system-wide profile access for the uh, recommended profile access for the healthcare
2: provider for taking care of these patients? I'm not in the position to answer this question because uh, the hospitals, excuse me, the patients that uh, were uh, checked and they were positive they were going to uh, have hospital. So, uh, in in this hospital that you know, I was employed, we treated you know the primary PCIs in patients that they were confirmed negative. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm not in the position to answer this question. Not sure. I guess. Yeah, I guess there should be instructions for uh, for that. Yeah,
1: okay. So that's 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 good to know. But in in the hospital that you're working, um, did you come up with negative pressure rooms at all, or were you just shipping these patients to a dedicated COVID nineteen yeah. hospital? Where,
2: okay, right, dedicated that was was a much larger capacity. I, I heard that the dedicated hospital had a capacity of over one thousand beds. <laughs> this is uh, you know these numbers are you know. Uh, yeah, these are, these are regular numbers for, for, you know, for East Asia. Yeah, the numbers are very different in Europe and the West, obviously. Yeah, different numbers, different populations. So overall, um,
1: you know, I, has China been able to curb uh, the mortality from this? Well, from what,
2: what I'm reading, uh, Ankur, is that outside uh, the epicenter for two consecutive weeks, there are not new cases. Of coronavirus. As I'm telling you, in the city that I am, in in Nanjing, 93 patients were detected and those 93 patients were successfully treated. And this is, you know, an area with a population of 8 million people. Can you imagine that? And uh, also, now I'm hearing that cases from outside are coming. So now there is a fear that, you know, the cases which are growing so much potentially, uh, you know, outside the country, unfortunately, it should be taken care of very well at the borders because, you know, they may infiltrate again. And uh, this is a big problem. I think this is a big problem, you know, for every every country as long as there was containment and as long as, uh, you know, you see positive trends. Of flattening the curve, you know, at this point, you know, the measures should retain very strict, you know, because you are afraid of reinfection of and respread. You know, there is, of course, these are lessons that everyone is learning. You know, these are I'm not written in the books. You know, these are this is experience that you're gaining. In such a short period of time. And to be honest, Sankor, I'm hearing about experts and experts. You know, this is something that we didn't know three months ago. You know, this coronavirus, you know, it was only in animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, basically what we know now is whats is what we're doing for every viral infection. You know, take care of your personal hygiene. Wash your hands very well. Keep your distance from others. These are some basic measures, you know, that that we are following. But this must be followed very strictly, very strictly, because because you know, if this is not controlled at the early at the early time, it looks like you know uh, there will not be a bend. Usually, we, we expect a bend in in thirty or forty five days. But, you know, if this is not taken very seriously from the early beginning, since the early time, you know, this can take more and more. And I'm listening also about the fact that, you know, the temperature is going up. And uh, let's see how this will, this you know, this will facilitate the situation because now Europe and U.S. And the U.S., you know, it's mid-March. I hope by the end of March and April, you know, this this rising the temperature will help the situation to, to go down. But I'm telling you, Ankur, you know, it's, uh, you need to be prepared to, to to live for 25 or 30 days a, a, a different lifestyle. You need to be prepared and you need to accept that for the next 25 and 30 days that your life will change. You know, you must uh, protect your family indoors. You Must have very selective outside activity. Uh, you know your personal hygiene, and of course, you know all those protective measures that uh, are suggested by also your local authorities. It's it's, it's very important.
1: So were the um, were the local authorities in China very proactive when it came to instituting lockdown? For example, you know closing you know health fitness centers or gyms or Coffee shops, bars, yeah.
2: restaurants, yeah. cinema halls. Right. right, yeah. You know, there, there was, as I told you, there was not any second that uh, this is how I'm seeing. You know, I'm seeing that, you know, the, 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 the impact that this will have in small businesses, it will be tremendous. It will, for the employees of those small businesses, will be tremendous. And, uh, of course, I hear that, you know, in the U.S. there is such a large package that has been, you know, allocated to support, uh, you know, those impacted um, businesses and this, and this uh, population. But I'm telling you, you know, this must happen. Otherwise, you are, will not be able to, to contain the whole phenomenon. This must, this must happen. This must happen. And... Uh, yeah, there are many repercussions, as you see. You know, stock market. There, you know, the uh, many companies are suffering right now. That's true.
1: Yeah. Um, any cardiovascular um, effects of the coronavirus
2: infection that you saw? Uh, personally, uh, yeah, I was not. Uh, I did, but I've heard. Uh, I've heard uh, from other colleagues, and also I read of the ACC.org, uh, an interview with a very prominent uh, Chinese cardiologist from Shanghai mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, and I wrote also some articles that maybe those patients are, are, are dying from fulminate myocarditis. But, you know, this is not something that is an established knowledge. You know, many, I think we're at the phase that we're at the learning curve. You know, uh, you know after after four or five months, when all those data... Have been gathered and analyzed we will precisely know what is the you know what is the course of the disease and what is the actual fatality rate which so far looks like is about three percent and also we will be uh more precise on 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 what is the impact in the cardiovascular system
1: well bill any closing thoughts uh from you Uh, i know you've um, been generous in sharing all the details and the details of quarantine and also, uh, you know how to reschedule patients, take care of yourself, uh, you know, be used to a different way of living. Uh, any closing remarks from you as we sign off? And I know it's uh, it must be pretty late in China, um, so thank you for yeah. your time. Uh,
2: yeah, for sure. You know this. Uh, you know this is something transient. This will finish in thirty-five days to forty days. There will be a lot of lessons that we will learn. Uh, but my, my overview and my personal experience says that, uh, unless you act very fast and very aggressive, you know, you will not see the results you anticipate fast. So if you act fast and aggressive, then you will have results in the next 35 to 40 days. Uh, otherwise, you know, this, you know, will go further. And, you know, this is not good for for the society, for the whole society, for the healthcare system, you know, it's, it's, uh, so the faster that we act, the better to leave this behind. Very true.
1: Uh, Bill, thanks again uh, for being with us. And thank you for sharing your experience and your knowledge.
2: And we wish that you remain safe and healthy and yeah, I, I, I hope also for you guys, my close friends, now that you know this has spread out and uh, comes to the other continents, please take it very seriously and I think you as physicians must be proactive. Uh, you know you also need to you are part of the organization and you need to advise the organization. You are the physicians, you are the frontline you know frontline uh, workers. You know, you 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 have responsibility to do that, and uh, it's you know it's it's, it's a team effort, uh, and uh, you need to follow instructions, but also you need to you need to be uh, proactive. You know, the system is uh, the system depends on you. The system depends on you. You are, you know, you will win this situation, but you know, I, I hope you win with the least.
1: Uh, consequences. Absolutely. Bill, thanks again uh, for your time and uh, we wish you safety and, and health. Thanks again. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you so much, Ankara Have a yeah. good evening. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Dear Cardiologists, we want to make this podcast about you and for you. So please email us your critical thoughts, comments and questions at podcast at radcliffe-group.com and visit uscjournal.com for more information. You can also follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram at Radcliffe Cardiology for daily updates. Join thousands of cardiologists and become a Radcliffian by registering to radcliffecardiology.com. You will receive regular newsletters and gain access to hundreds of expert interviews, educational webinars, clinical cases and peer-reviewed articles from our six medical review journals on general cardiology, interventional cardiology, arrhythmia and electrophysiology, cardiac failure and vascular and endovascular surgery. Thank you.